Howdy, I'm Casey, the host of the Nerdy Photographer Podcast. Are you curious about photography? Perhaps you run a creative-minded business? Then you'll want to tune in to the Nerdy Photographer Podcast. Episodes feature stimulating interviews and discussions, as well as a little bit of totally useless information, all set inside the frame of a science fiction comic book adventure. So what are you waiting for? Adventure awaits. Head over to nerdyphotographer.com or find the Nerdy Photographer Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Distractions Podcast, a podcast where we chat true crime, conspiracy theories, paranormal stories, folklore, urban legends, and all things weird and awkward. I'm one of your hosts, Alex. And Christy. And this week we are back to my bread, my butter, paranormal. Mmm, your fave. And you're going to like it because it's a place that we've actually seen in person. Oh? Yeah, but before we dive into that, Christy, what is your need for a distraction? Uh, my need for distraction is... The usual work. I was gonna say, let, hold on. Let's let, let guess. let's let the listeners take a second to guess. <laughs> so I am halfway through my little. I have a break. I have some breaks today, which is nice. We went a little shopping, a little patio lunch. That was a nice release. We all got some sun for our pasty skin. Yes, I'm very ghostly. Yeah, but uh, yeah, like I don't even know what I'm on. A forty something day binge all together with two yeah. days off in between. So. This is my distraction, other than a little shopping spree today. Fair enough, fair enough. I'm actually going to hop on the work train, because mm-hmm. my work has been an epic shit show in the sense of, I don't feel listened or heard at work. Ignored. Ignored, and my workload just keeps getting more complicated, so that's fun. That's great. Not. Not. Anyways, <laughs> but... Yeah, so that's my need for distraction. And I don't think in terms of housekeeping we have anything major. I don't think so. I think in the last episode I had mentioned that we'd give an update regarding Paul Bernardo. But when we're recording this, like, a couple days before his parole hearing, so... And this comes out after the parole hearing. So we got no deets yet. No deets yet. We'll, make, we'll probably post something, or we probably have posted something on Instagram. Mm-hmm. So... You'll see us there. you see us there. And yeah, I think that's it. I think it's time to... Dive in. To take a little trip, shall we? So this week's Paranormal Distraction has us going back to our favorite place, New Orleans. Oh, yes, of course. To discuss the reportedly haunted location, a.k.a. Sultan's Palace. So the Sultan's Palace... Actually, hold on. Before before I even dive into my notes, do you remember this place? I was going to say, I'm like, oh... Because you're giving me the look of... Oh. I remember there was, like, the... There was the main place, like, mm-hmm. um, the main mansion. And then there was... The Lori. The coven. Um, coven church place. You mean the bas- the casket girls? Yeah. But I don't remember the this place. This was the, our first stop of the night. I don't know if you remember, but it was... It's... Located at 716 Dauphine Street, which is within the French Quarter. It's also referred to as the Gardette La Petrere... Oh gosh, why did I not draw phonics? Sorry, my dear New Orleans people. Uh, Gardette La Petrere House. Yeah, now come back. Okay, well. (laughs) I'll just just listen. (laughs) Uh, So, before we dive into the spooky, scary business of this location... We've got to talk the history. We've got to know the bones of this historical haunting. 
Okay. So our story begins with a Philadelphia-born dentist named Joseph Coulon Gardet, who moved to the NOLA area with dreams to make it big there with his profession. He had a three-and-a-half-story mansion built in 1836 to serve as his home, uh, which obviously that's where we get the Gardet side of the name of the house. Mm-hmm. It didn't take long, though, before Joseph decided he wanted to sell the property, specifically three years later in 1839. Q. Mr. Jean-Baptiste Lapiterre, who purchased the home for a whopping $20,409... Well, 20, oh my gosh. $20,049. Which would be... Yeah. Which would be about over $500,000 in USD today. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Gene was reportedly a wealthy bank merchant and a plantation owner. He was very well known in the area and was a part of the NOLA socialite scene. So he was popular. He was rich. Gene and his family would spend only half of the year at 716 Dauphine Street, while the other half they would stay at the family's plantation. In 1850, Jean decided to do some upgrades around the home, including adding some ornate wrought iron lace to the balconies, which are still there to this day. Fun fact. Things were going pretty swell until they weren't. Uh, The Civil War kicked off in the 1860s, which financially took a toll for Jean and his family to the point where they really couldn't maintain the upkeep of the house. In a very millennial way of trying to earn money, Gene decided to rent out his 716 Dauphine Street home. Think of it as like a 19th century Airbnb. According to the Ghost City Tours website, Gene was approached shortly after listing his home by a man identified as being from Turkey. This man had shared that his brother, a sultan, which according to the Merriam-Webster website is a king of southern of a Muslim state, for those who don't know, uh, was coming to New Orleans and was interested in renting the property. Jean agreed, got the contracts ready, and bam, he had a renter. The sultan arrived by boat to New Orleans shortly after and moved into the home at 716 Dauphine Street. From what I've gathered, the sultan came with an entourage of servants, bodyguards, and woman. 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 Hmm. This wasn't a quiet move, though. As soon as the sultan was settled, parties raved on, which for the French Quarter isn't unheard of by any means, shape, or form. But according to the Ghost City website, locals of the area were perhaps a bit put off that they weren't invited to the long-lasting parties because... Essentially, when Gene owned the home, they were all invited to his house to have, like, this bougie party, and then the sultan moved in, and they weren't invited. That's, like, negative. Yeah, exactly. So, these parties would reportedly boast loud music, laughter, and the thick smell of incense. Now, in doing my research, I listened to the podcast show Haunted Places, which I obviously would recommend... In that coverage of the palace, it was mentioned that apparently local women were missing off of Dauphine Street, which some suspect may have been the Sultan's crew doing this so that the Sultan could have more women to pick from. Of course, I wasn't able to find anything specific in my research in terms of dates, names, this, that, and the other. Just a slew of random women missing. Yeah. What was he picking them for? Kind of to be part of his entourage, so to speak. 
something bad happening to them? I don't know. And that's the thing. Like, I, I was not able to find anything specific. So this could just be local lore. We'll kind of get to it. Don't, don't, don't worry. We'll get to it. Speaking of things being a little bit sinister, because obviously women going missing in and around this area shortly after the Sultan moves in mm-hmm. isn't great. It's pretty dark. It's pretty, you know dark. (laughs) It was reported only a couple months after the unnamed Sultan moved in when a massive storm reportedly hit the city one evening. As the story goes, the thunderstorm raged during the night and by morning a blue, calmer sky covered New Orleans as if the storm had never hit. During that morning, the next day from the storm, Mm -hmm. an unnamed man, uh, some reports refer to him as the milkman, others just like a random local walking by, Apparently, this guy walked in front of the Sultan's Palace, which is the name of it at this point. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to use a direct quote from the Ghost City Tours website to kind of give an idea as to what he encountered. So, in a direct quote, For trickling down the front steps of the Sultan's Palace was blood. It ran down like a river, pulling in the divots of the uneven stone. The unsuspecting man ran to the police station to tell them what he had seen. When the police arrived on the scene, the blood ran thicker, deeper, end quote. Ugh. Yeah. Not your average Sunday morning stroll. Let's just put it that way. No. Apparently, when police entered the home, they were met with an alarming scene. Corpses of party goers were scattered around the home. Some missing limbs were noticed. Some claim that there were up to 37 people found dead in the home. Men, women, and children murdered within the house, presumably. Each room reportedly laid limbs, bodies, like it's something out of a Saw movie, essentially. There's just people. There's gonna have a hacksaw party. Like Yeah, there's just people everywhere. When I say people, I'm not meaning like full body people. Like pieces everywhere. Yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> told you it was going to get dark really quick. Uh, the home had been reportedly ransacked. Anything of value had been taken or damaged. As the tale continues, apparently when police went to the courtyard of the building, they allegedly saw a hand poking out of the dirt as if someone had been buried alive and were trying to escape. No one has reportedly been arrested, tried, or found guilty of this murder. This mass murder. This mass killing. So was the owner of the house dead as well? We'll get to it. Okay. As the story goes, some suspect the Sultan's brother was potentially the cause of all this chaos. Uh, Others suspect pirates. Apparently, the reason why they suspect pirates is because apparently a mysterious ship had rolled in the night of the storm and was gone by morning. So. <laughs> it always goes back to the Black Pearl. I actually just watched that movie. So oh my gosh, that. fair enough. Uh, but essentially, no one can actually put, like, pinpoint what, you know what I mean? Mm, yeah. Uh, however, some accounts claim the Sultan's brother, the one who had first approached Jean, was buried in the backyard. So they ruled Jean out. Or not Jean out, they ruled the Sultan's brother out. So he was in the backyard. But then, okay. some other sources say it was the Sultan in the backyard. So him or the brother was in the backyard. Some someone was in the backyard. Okay. And not in a good way. They weren't having a poolside beverage. Let's put it that way. No. No. It's confusing. It's interesting. It's awkward. Okay. 
There were allegedly no reports by neighbors of hearing or seeing anything, and police were stumped. They were clue. They had no idea what the hell happened. There were no clues. I mean, this was, I think, maybe 1870s, 1880s. They had no idea what the hell just happened. Here's where things get even more confusing. So clutch your pearls and hold the heck on because we're, I'm about to shine a light on this whole situation. According to the local lore, this all happened in the 1790s. So take my previous statement back. So it was way earlier, supposedly. Supposedly. So... Local lore says, oh yeah, this happened in 1790, sometime in that era. Mm -hmm. But the house this all took place in wasn't built until 1836. So that's not possible. That's a big 46-year-old gap. Mm -hmm. As well, according to the National Herald website article by Steve Frangos, Gene and his family actually kept the home for almost half a century until it was taken over by Citizens Bank in 1878. Which means the tragic and horrifying murder plot of the Sultan and his guests doesn't fit into the documented history. Yeah, that's, I'm confused. Yeah. So what I've essentially told you without kind of ruining the entire story, because don't we're, we're still got spooky stuff to talk about. Mm-hmm. Kind of ghost lore, in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of similar to the Cryberry Bridges situation. Okay. So there could have been a sultan that resided there, as well as a gruesome murder maybe later on, but the dates seem to be very off, and legal documentation also seems to be non-existent. Regardless, back to the history of the home, I think after the bank took over, so the citizens bank had taken over in 1878, the building was made into housing for Italian immigrants in the late 1800s. A female resident during this time was reportedly washing clothes one day when she fell from the one of the balconies, unfortunately falling to her death onto the pavement. Some of the residents at that time claimed that this occurrence happened because a quote-unquote ghost had pushed her. Others claim it was just an accident, like she just fell off. But regardless, that's one documented death that we do have. It could have been a number of ghosts if there was this true massacre that happened. Exactly. Unfortunately, though, we don't know the name of this woman. We don't know when she was born. We don't know when exactly this happened. But apparently this is one that's more... How do I put it? More real than the other. Okay. Yeah. Regardless, according to a 2014 article by a WGNOABC article by Kenny Lopez... Now owner, Nina Nevens, who I I think she still owns it. This article took place in 2014, as I mentioned, but I'm assuming she still owns or they still own it. Explained that the once palace serves now as a six apartment building. So it's been configured from a family home into an apartment building. Okay. In a quote about the property from the same WNGO article, Nina reportedly stated, Originally... I thought we were purchasing a piece of property. I didn't realize we were purchasing a piece of history. The story of the Sultan's Palace has been sensationalized. There were not 37 people buried in the building. This story was told to a historian before the building was even built. So needless to say, the current owner who probably has most of the history or is able has been able to access most of the history of the building, because mm-hmm. I feel like you're probably get more access when you buy a piece of land or what have you, right? Yeah, just just have all the documentation with it. Exactly. So Nina claims that, no, almost 40 people weren't buried or murdered here. But that doesn't mean that spooky shit isn't happening. Okay. 
despite the more than likely chance that the story regarding the Sultan is potentially some NOLA folklore, there have been reports of some strange paranormal phenomena that have been taking place despite that. So now on to the ghosty stuff. But before I get into the ghosty stuff, do you have any questions? I think I'm starting to follow it. Okay, fair enough. It was a little confusing there at one point. Yeah. So because I just mentioned her, I will note that Nita in the WGNO article had mentioned that the reported only strange phenomena that they had experienced, um, once again, this this article is back from 2014, is that apparently things such as keys kind of go missing around the building. Um, you know, they kind of go missing, they don't show up. I don't know if it's a case of maybe her tenant, their tenants just like lose the keys (laughs) or something like that, but apparently things will just randomly disappear, like small items. That's weird. Like, why? Like, just keys or small items in general? It seems to be primarily keys. I wonder what that fixations with. I know. Uh, Nina also stated that they never feel alone in the building either. That's great. That's lovely. Uh, So, needless to say, I don't think Nina is a full-blown believer in the whole Sultan murder plot story, but... Spooky is still happening. Exactly. So, jumping back from 2014 to the article with Nina to 1979, Jean DiMacchio, who resided there in the building with her husband, uh, up in the penthouse area, I believe, allegedly encountered something extra creepy one evening when getting into bed. According to reports, she was presumably in bed, in the dark room, of course, when she noticed a dark figure standing at the end of her bed. Okay. Not sure if this figure noticed her, noticing it, but regardless, it started drifting towards her. No. (laughs) Yeah, no. In what I would describe as something I would do, Jean lunged over to her lamp to turn the light on. Once the light was on, the figure was gone. I know some people may think, well... What if it was just a dream or a night terror? That was kind of my thought, but once again, we weren't there. Mm-hmm. Everyone has a different perspective, like perspective, experience, what have you. Now, in terms of identified ghosts, there's not like a set one or two. Let's put it that way. Okay. For example, on the tripsavvy.com website, there have been reports of seeing an apparition that looks as if it could be the Sultan or others in similar clothing attire. People claim to see the Sultan look alike apparition on the walls like i'm imagining as kind of like a like a flat apparition almost as if it's like a painting of sorts Mm -hmm. which will vanish shortly after being seen the sultan or what has been described as a dark shadow figure has been seen in the balcony of the residence as well as in the windows staring out on dauphine street to people walking by some residents have claimed to hear shrieking or screaming trigger warning because this one's gross as well as the sound of body parts hitting the floor which what does that sound like yeah like we don't think oh it's a thud well i'm assuming it's a thud but like how do you how could you tell the difference between dropping something else a thigh yeah a thigh versus (laughs) does it sound like a floppy or splash i don't know yeah like a thigh versus a, a bag of groceries like what's the difference yeah it's that's very descriptive very specific Uh, Residents and even people walking by have claimed to have heard random music playing, not of this era, as well as the strong smell of incense, which, according to the Sultan lore, was a common vibe for his parties, as previously mentioned. Mm -hmm. Once again, this could be perhaps questioned heavily, because 
I mean, I love the good smell of an incense burning, so I mean, maybe the people that live there, or some one of the people that live there like that. Exactly. According to the Haunted Places podcast by Parcast, a woman by the name of Virgie Gypsy Poston moved in sometime in the 1950s into the two-bedroom apartment, only to move out only a couple months later due to some eerie encounters. Virgie reportedly experienced three separate paranormal encounters while living there, all involving either a shadow figure or seeing a man in her home, even though all the doors and windows were locked and she just lived there by herself. Nope. Absolutely not. Don't be sleeping. No. Virgie's last reported encounter was when her and her friend were grabbing the last bit of her belongings when they allegedly heard a blood-curdling scream from within the home. And they said, nope, get me the fuck out of here. I'm out of (laughs) here. My last month's rent is paid. Smell you later. I'm gone. Uh, The Ghost City Tours website claims that there are two other ghosts at this location other than the Sultan, of course, or just random shadow figures. Mm -hmm. One being an unidentified woman and the other being a reported identified Confederate soldier. Now, I did mention the Civil War earlier on in the episode. However, it's not suspected or documented that the war happened on the property. I don't have any other information on these two other spirits other than we could maybe speculate who they are, but speculation is simply just that. The woman ghost may be the Italian woman who fell to her death or maybe one of the Sultan's posse or kidnapped victims. Unfortunately, we don't know either way. So a little bit disappointing. Exactly. Other spooky encounters reportedly include animals refusing to enter the basement portion of the building and just overall a presence of being watched. Another maybe oblivious notion is that a majority of the paranormal encounters seem to be focused on women. Some believe this may be because the Sultan had a wandering eye and a reported lore-ish history of wanting to be consistently surrounded by women, even going as far as, you know, kidnapping them. Well, they said that people were, like, mis- supposedly missing on yeah. Daphne Street. Yeah. So. And animals are smart. They know. Exactly. So that's kind of it for the spooky stuff. Mm. Um, but just to kind of summarize this little spooky paranormal distraction, as mentioned, this haunted location is a private dwelling, or as I'm and now mentioning, it, it's a private dwelling, so you can't go in and investigate, but you can take a look from the outside on any of the haunted walking tours offered in the city. And as I mentioned, I believe early on in the episode, I think this was the first stop on the tour we took when we were there. And I have a terrible memory. (laughs) Regardless, uh, the home, like many others in the area, is absolutely gorgeous. And just like many other things in New Orleans, it comes to no surprise that it, it also has its own reported hauntings as well. Whether you believe in the lore around the Sultan story or not, the weird and haunting suspected ghost lore that surrounds this location kind of makes it hard to believe that something paranormal may may be happening. Like, it kind of makes you think, hmm. Yeah, not necessarily like a mass murder, massacre murder, basically, but stuff's going on. Yeah, so it makes you wonder, okay, what did happen there, right? Mm. Like, was there any confirmed murders? I wasn't able to find anything, or even doesn't have to be murders. Was there confirmed deaths just in general, or like... Yeah, that people die over the years, and these are just them, like, just lingering. Yeah, or is it just because it's New Orleans, and everything's fucking haunted in New Orleans? 
basically. So there is one little spooky chicken nugget that I will mention about this location. Uh, there is a reported tree in the courtyard of the building that some think has ties to the ghost lore around the Sultan. Allegedly, this large twisted tree has been referred to as the Tree of Death. The reason behind this is because it's apparently grown on an angle outside of brick, which typically doesn't happen. In the Haunted Places podcast, it was stated that the way it protrudes from the ground is almost as if it is trying to break out or escape. If you think about the victim or the alleged hand hand in the backyard, whomever it may have been, or even if it was real, their hand pierced out reportedly from the ground as if it was trying to escape. Some think that this tree is the resting place of the quote-unquote sultan, which once again, y'all can be the judge of that. And that is the sultan's palace of New Orleans. Well, thanks for bringing my memory somewhat to light today. <laughs> kind of cut it off, but... I'll show you a picture once we're done. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just quick shout out to my resources, because without y'all, I won't be able to tell this story today. So thank you to in2013dollars.com, <laughs> Ghost City Tours website, the Merriam-Webster website for the Sultan definition, the National Herald Website: The Grizzly Tale of the Sultan's Brother by Steve Frangos, May 15th, 2018. WGNO ABC News, The Bloody Truth, The Haunted Tale of the Sultan's Palace by Kenny Lopez. Published May 21st, 2014. Updated August 25th, 2015. TripSavvy.com website, The Haunted History of New Orleans Sultan's Palace by Sharon Keating. October 25th, 2018. And finally, last but not least, Parkcast Network Podcast, Haunted Places, The Sultan's Palace. Published on March 29th, 2018. Created by Max Cutler. Written by Brandon Boda and Casey Toulet Boda. Christy. Yes. Where can our listeners hit us up? Where can they send us their creepy, weird tales? Where can they say hi? How can they support the show? Yes. Where to find us? Uh, Apple Podcasts. If you listen on Apple, please consider leaving us a rating, a review, preferably five stars. Preferably five stars. It helps get the word out of our weird show. Yeah. It's a little bit up there. It helps us chart. And once you're on the chart, you feel really good, and hey, it'd be, it'd be nice to feel something good these days. Because feel special. <laughs> um, also, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Good Pods, basically any other platform you guys listen to shows on. You can support us for free by following us on TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Just Weird Distractions Podcast. Looking for more Weird Distractions, consider joining one of our two tiers on Patreon. Yes. Both tiers get both, uh, bonus episodes, behind-the-scenes footage sometimes, some stickers and more. Uh, some of our bonus episodes uh, topics include Oakland County Child Murders or mm-hmm. Ismo Uni and more. Uh, shout out to our Kurt Patreons, Tom and Bailey. Thank you guys so much for your support. We love you. As always. Always. And then to help us out some more beyond the free options again, once again, there's Patreon, but you can also go and pledge us on Buy Me a Coffee. Yes. You can also wrap some of our merch that's found on Redbubble. And lastly, you want to hear from you guys. We are yeah. trying to set up some listener uh, stories bi-monthly, hopefully more than that or yes. sometime. We'll figure it out if we get more. <laughs> yes. So uh, we want to hear your encounters, uh, ghost story, true crime, conspiracy, doesn't matter. But if you want to send in your weird tales, large or small, to weirddistractionspodcast.outlook.com, 
As I said, we would like to send them out. So far, this one's already been out, the first one on June 13th, but send in more if you want to hear yours. Yeah, we're hoping to release the next one August 13th, so you have some time to email us or DM us or pigeon mail us. I we can't, want it. We want it. I mean, I, 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 I'm not going to give an address for the pigeons, so... I don't know. We don't want no suckers. Yeah, we're, we're good. <laughs> um, but if you need a distraction... We got you. Bye. Bye. Bye.